Welcome to the podcast of Life Church in Houston, Texas. We are so glad that you are joining us today. We hope that this message inspires your week, builds your faith, and ultimately brings you closer to Christ. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. Good morning, Life Church. Would you help me welcome the Friendswood campus? They are joining us today. Welcome, Friendswood. And our online guest, what a special day today is, Mother's Day. And I know James has already had the mothers to stand and thank you, honey. You are so precious. He is the most amazing man. Thank you for those beautiful words. I do love our church. I love our families. And uh, I want to say happy Mother's Day, first of all, before I get started here, to all the mothers. Thank you for nurturing your children and loving them. It's not easy being a mother, is it? All the mothers say amen. It's not always easy. Um, I want to honor the memory of my mother, my sweet mother, and my sweet mother-in-law. What incredible influences in my life, godly women. I'm so thankful for my children, Bo and Lauren, Ben and Megan, Jojo, Lace, Kilgore, and my two beautiful granddaughters, Scarlett Joan and Ima Jean Joy. And next month, our first grandson, Ira John Kilgore. Yeah. There's absolutely nothing more precious than family. And we are in this series, you asked for it, and you submitted some questions about family. And here are some of the questions that you asked. How do I parent God's way? And how do I raise children to be responsible adults and love God? How, why do my parents argue and take it out on me instead of talking through issues? How do I have a godly family? These are big questions. And let me just tell you up front, I do not have all the answers. So, but I do want to talk to you from my heart today and give you some biblical truths and maybe some practical tips about things that I have observed and things that I have experienced to help you. My desire today is to help you. And I know over the past two years, our families have struggled so much. Pastoring, we've known of some of the struggles that parents have gone through and families have gone through. And um, my heart has just hurt for families that have struggled. But my hope today is that you will have a renewed passion in your heart to fight for your family like never before because I do believe our families are under attack and it's going to take strong families to be godly families. Psalms 127 and 3 says, children are a gift from the Lord. They are a real blessing. They're not burdens. They're blessings. Our children are precious our children are precious, whether they are inside the womb 
or outside of the womb, whether they are born or unborn, our children are gifts from God. So what does a a godly family look like? Let's talk about a godly family. Everyone has, I'm sure in this place, different ideas of what that looks like. But to help us, I think we need to go back and look at the very first family. In Genesis chapter 1, verses 27 and 28 says, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. So from this scripture, we see that God's desire from the very beginning was for families to grow and prosper and enjoy his creation. He created us, each one of us, in his image. And you know what he wants? He wants his image to fill the earth. God loves generations. The Bible says that he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He wants there to be a continuation of his truth and his faithfulness and his grace and mercy and love to a thousand generations. That's a lot of families. And when we read through scripture, we see that family relationships are meant to reflect our relationship with God and God's relationship with us. He is our father and we are his children. We are brothers and sisters. We make up the family of God. And that's why family is important. It's important to have a healthy perspective of family. In just a few scriptures, the Apostle Paul paints a simple but a profound picture of some of the qualities of a godly family. And we read in Ephesians chapter 6, beginning in verse 1, Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on the earth. Now, I've gone a long time, most of my life, without understanding what these scriptures mean. And I want to break it down to you because it is so powerful today. And hopefully, you will get something out of this. When we read this scripture, at times it can feel awkward Because when you tell people they need to honor or obey their parents, it can trigger a lot of deep emotions in people because there were some of us that had good parents and there were some of us that did not have good parents. There were some of you who were abandoned or your parents were absent or you had neglected or abused. So the word honor today means to ascribe value to or to esteem someone or to treat as precious or valuable. And the mistake that we can make from a human standpoint sometimes is we think, well, when you act honorably, 
then I will honor you. But that's not God's perspective. Now we know that respect is earned, but God wants us to give honor because parents are not perfect. There's not a parent anywhere that will get it right all the time. And there's always gonna be a gap between the ideal standard of what you want or think a parent should be between, there's a gap between that and what is reality, what is real. And the enemy of our soul, our spiritual enemy, wants us to fill that gap with criticism and accusations and fault finding. Like, oh, my dad, he was a hypocrite. And my mom, she was so mean and hateful and controlling or whatever you wanted to say there. But God wants us to fill that gap with honor. He wants us to give grace and honor to our parents because honor assumes the best. It ascribes value and it esteems generously. And for the other part of that scripture where it says you'll have a long life, some of us have asked, well, does that mean I'll live till I'm 100 if I honor my parents? Or if I dishonor, will I die early? How many of you have ever thought that? I have, and I've wondered, why did they die early? You know, but that's not what that means. It's actually a principle of the heart. It's a heart issue. When you learn to honor you are learning how to, to get rid of resentment and bitterness in your heart. It is all about the condition of your heart. It's not about how you were treated. It's about how you respond. Your heart and your attitude is important because the Bible says things will go well with you if you have the right heart, the right attitude. Because when you honor, you will be able to avoid things in life that would rob you of a full, meaningful life. So it's important for us to learn the honor principle. Give honor. Give honor to your parents. Give honor to your, your siblings, to your children. And that way you will guard your heart from becoming bitter and resentful and judgmental. And it's important for children to learn this principle. And parents, that's a good lesson for you to teach your children what honor is. And if you're an adult and you're struggling with that, find a way to honor your parents today or your coworkers, your friends. It's good to learn the principle of honor. And then verse four goes on to say, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Now, this scripture is not just talking about fathers. It's talking about mothers. It's talking about parents. Parents, do not treat your children in such a way that makes them angry. Instead, raise them with Christian discipline and instruction. So Paul, in this scripture, in his writing, he's telling us as parents, we must exercise self-control because we know what anger does. It leads us to do things and say things that we will regret. And I'm sure everyone in this building has at one time or another made that mistake. 
that we strive to not live in anger and not speak in anger. Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7 and 8. Instead, we, and he here is talking about himself and then his traveling companions, Silas and Timothy, who are helping him in this church in Thessalonica. And he's telling the people there, we were like young children. We were gentle among you. Just as a nursing mother cares for her children, so we cared for you because we loved you so much. We were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Here in this scripture, Paul is using the example of a mother's love. I'm telling you, a mother's love is a powerful force. It is a strong love. And Paul is telling us here that it is natural for a mother to nurture her children and care for them and watch over them and make sure their needs are met, to be gentle with them and selfless. He says here to give her very own life to her children. So to all the tired mothers out there, there's a reason you're tired. You're giving your life to your children, but it's such a privilege. Paul goes on to say in verses 11 and 12 of of 1 Thessalonians 2, and you know how affectionately we treated each one of you like a loving father cares for his own children. We comforted you, encouraged you and challenged you to adopt a lifestyle worthy of God who invites you into his glorious kingdom. So Paul is saying here, he's using the example of a loving father. He's saying, fathers, it's good for you to encourage and correct and challenge and comfort your children, lead them. That's good. That's natural. And can I tell you that the truth and the relevance in these scriptures that were written 2,000 years ago, they still are making a difference today. They are, they've not changed because parenting, the basics of parenting, has not changed. Our, our children still need loving mothers and fathers that watch over and care for them. And for all the single parents that are here, single mothers, there is a beautiful scripture of hope that I want to give you today. It's found in 2 Timothy chapter 1 in verse 5. It says, and this again is Paul. Paul is writing to his son in the gospel, Timothy. He loves Timothy. And he says, I am reminded of your sincere faith, Timothy which first lived in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. You see, the, the Apostle Paul is talking to a young man named Timothy, and he saw such potential in Timothy. He saw incredible faith and anointing in this young man. And you know what is interesting? is because when you read the story, we can assume that Timothy's father was out of the picture. The Bible called him a Gentile or an unbeliever. It was Timothy's mother and his grandmother that was devoted to Christ and influenced 
Timothy's life, when there's no mention of his father, Timothy went on to be one of the greatest leaders in the New Testament church. We don't even know his father's name, but we know his mother's name and his grandmother's name. So today, if you are a single parent, a single mother, there is hope because all you need is the power that God has given you as an inherent mother and his love to help you through all the struggles that you may go through, all the challenges that you may face. So lift up your your head. Be bold in your faith and your prayers. Don't feel like that you've been neglected or you don't have what it takes. Oh, yes, you do. You have God who is a loving father that will make up the difference. Amen. Thank God for godly mothers and grandmothers. So what is a godly family? This is Nancy's definition. A godly family is imperfect people who love God, but want to make Jesus Christ the center of their lives and their home. That's, that's what a godly family is. And on a day like today, when we talk about godly families and what we should do and how it should look, a lot of times we focus on the things that we didn't get right. We focus on our mistakes and our failings but this is not a message of judgment and shame because there is not one perfect parent in this house or any other, in any other house. But there are good parents. There are sincere parents who don't always get it right. But you know what? A godly parent realizes that there's always room for improvement. Always. We talk a lot about next steps here at Life Church, about what is your next step in your relationship with God. And today I want to ask you, what is your next step in becoming a better parent, more informed, more attentive, a better spouse? Because with all of us, there's a next step that we can take to become better. What does a godly home look like? What do you think a godly home looks like? Well, we know that there's love in a godly home. There's love for God in each other. There's peace, there's respect, there's honor, there's trust, there's joy, there's prayer, there's forgiveness. But also in a godly home, there's times of stress and frustration and disappointments and discouragement. There will be misunderstandings, there'll be struggles, there will be pain and conflict and even confrontation. Because a God-centered home is not free from pain and struggles. But God doesn't want us to live in all of that. And that's why we all need Jesus at the center of our lives and our homes. Psalms 127 and one says, unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the workers or the builders is wasted. We need Jesus to be the center of our lives and our homes. Yes, we do. We need his help to build our homes. When life gets out of balance, and it will get out of balance, we need Jesus to bring everything back to center. And parents, we will not always have the answers to difficult situations and problems. 
We need his guidance. Pray daily for his wisdom when you don't have the answers. And give him thankfulness and thanksgiving when you do. When he gives you an answer, thank him for it. And continue to seek his wisdom and guidance every day. Because we need his strength when we are weak and tired. We need his peace when we are filled with conflict and chaos. And it's important also, I'm giving you a lot of things. Maybe you need to go back and listen to it. I'll probably have to remind myself of some of the things I've said. But it's important to have boundaries in your homes. Parents, do your very best to be aware of what is happening in your homes and with your children. I may sound a little old fashioned today, but I tell you, the enemy is, is doing his best to sow seeds that parents sometimes are not aware of to destroy your children. So you have to be on guard. What are your children watching? What are they reading? Who are their friends? Do they have too much freedom? These boundaries help protect them from things that could be harmful to them and cause them to go in the wrong direction. At one time or another, all three of our children, Bo, Ben, and Lace, have come to James and I, and they have told us things, some things, mistakes they've made, struggles they've had. They have told us things that were done to them by someone else. And can I tell you, it was hard to listen to some of it as a mother. But we listened. James and I made our home a safe place where our children could come to us and express themselves, tell us their struggles and their mistakes. And we did not judge them. We did not shame them. We did not tell them, I am so disappointed in you. No, we listened, we loved them, and we encouraged them. Because let me tell you, parents, this is not in my notes, but when we have children, we create an eternal soul. The most important thing in all that we do say is that that soul spends eternity with us. We are not made for this earth, we are made for heaven. So whatever you have to, to do to help your children in life when they struggle, when they go through things that, yes, it may be disappointing. And listen, I'm a mother. I wanted to fix it. I don't want to see my children hurt. I don't want to see them in pain. But you know what? God helps us when we are wise. Make your home a safe place for your children to talk to express themselves and then encourage your children. If necessary, there may be issues and in a congregation like this, there probably are issues. You need to get professional help to help you sort through issues and that's okay. James and I have done that and it's a wonderful investment in your family. When you don't know what to do and you pray about it, God will direct you to a, someone that can help you, that has studied and knows what advice to give you. And there's nothing wrong with that. 
A godly family is committed to building their home on the principles and values that are found in the Word of God, not the ideals and philosophies and morals of the world. And no matter how unpopular and outdated the truth may seem in our culture, biblical values and principles are to be cherished and obeyed above all else. God's word will never change to fit our preferences and our culture. The truth of God's word must be the foundation that we build our lives and our homes on, period. Nothing else, no one's opinion, no one else's ideas. It is the truth in the word of God. Because this is what I know. When you build your life on the rock Christ Jesus, when the storms blow, when the winds blow, when the storms come, your house will not fall. Your house will not fall. It may shake a little bit, but it will not fall. We must teach our children how to establish their lives on the Word of God and to not be afraid of it or ashamed of it. And we must do it in love and not judgment, and not hate for other people. But we are responsible for our children. And our children are watching us. If we live a double standard, our children will probably do the same thing. Because our actions speak louder than our words, always. If we are angry and we lash out at them, most likely they'll follow our example. If we use insults, and foul language, we're training them to do the same thing. I have such incredible and powerful memories of my sweet daddy. I'm so blessed that I had such incredible parents. But I have such powerful memories of my daddy sitting in our living room and my mother sitting there and whatever brothers and sisters were there, we would be in the living room and my daddy would read a scripture and then, oh, he would just pour out of him what it meant and how much he loved the word. And you know why, how I know he loved the word? Because he lived it. He wasn't perfect, but he lived what he preached to us and as a young girl, I feel like his influence and my mother's influence is the reason that I love God today. And at the beginning of this year, as pastors, we felt that 2022 would be a year of an awakening. So we spoke that word over Life Church, awaken, awaken Life Church. And today, I pray that something would awaken in our families that would cause us to see the beautiful and powerful opportunity we have to partner with God and influence the next generation. God help us to create godly environments in our homes so we can raise our children to be strong, capable adults who love God. Another characteristic of God's family and, and godly families is we are intentional. A godly family is intentional because we live in a world that's full of distractions. There's so much busyness. There's so many choices. There's so many options to do with your life and your time. Sometimes 
The most important things in our life can get lost in all of that. Like quality time with our our families, our children, that can get lost in the busyness of life. And our children need to be noticed. They're more important than social media. Our children are more important than politics and what's happening in the news. Our children are more important than even our jobs. Andy Andrews said, life itself is a privilege, but to live life to the fullest, well, that's a choice. I wanna choose to live a full, meaningful life. But to do that, we have to be intentional. Make memories with your family that will last a lifetime. Good memories that they will remember forever. But to do this, we have to be intentional. You know, it's really sad that some of our children are exposed to things and lifestyles and ideas that really they're far too young to comprehend and understand. And parents, you need to have those difficult and even awkward conversations with your children and let them know what you think about certain topics, sensitive topics. And it's best that they learn from you than their friends or anyone else because no one cares for them like you do. Get involved with their school activities and don't don't take care, don't take for granted rather that everyone in their lives has your values because they probably don't. Now, recently I came across a survey that one of the largest churches in America did among their students. They simply asked them to anonymously complete this sentence. I wish my parents knew, fill in the blank. So the students anonymously filled in the blank and these were some of the responses that they got. I wish my parents knew that even though my actions don't always show it, I desperately wanna please them. I wish my parents knew how much I love them, even though I don't always say it. I wish my parents knew how much I treasured their advice, even when I acted like I couldn't care less. I wish my parents knew when I wanted to date a guy and they didn't let me. I was really glad they were fighting for me. I wish my parents knew that instead of them threatening to punish me, I needed them to do it. I wish my parents knew that when I saw them fight all the time, it really messed me up. I wish my parents knew their words impacted me more than anyone else's words. Things they don't even remember saying have changed my life. I wish my parents knew I wanted to open up to them about my mistakes. I wish my parents knew the evils I face every single day. I wish my parents knew how hard it is to stay pure. When I read these responses, I thought, you know, this is a generation that's asking us parents grandparents to get involved with their lives, to please help them, show them the way, teach them. They're they're asking us to be intentional, 
to be committed to God and to fight for them, to pray for them and to lead them in the right way. Because having a godly home is not something that happens naturally. It's not something that happens easily. But this is one thing we can be assured of. If we are fighting for our family, God will fight alongside us because He is for us. I want to read one more scripture. Proverbs 22 and 6 says, Dedicate your children to God and point them or train them in the way that they should go and the values they've learned from you will be with them for life. So simply put, godly parents make a godly home. Godly parents make a godly home. My brother, Wayne, there were, there's 12 siblings in my family and I'm number 11 and my brother Wayne's number five. Now Wayne was a little more rebellious than the rest of us. He never gave his life to God. He lived on the wild side. He started smoking when he was 15 years old. And it wasn't long until he became addicted and he ended up being a chain smoker. When he was 39 years old, he had to check himself into a rehab center for alcoholism. And when he was 49, he was diagnosed with lung cancer. And it was at that point that he finally gave his life to God. It was one of the most beautiful and powerful transformations I have ever witnessed in my life. He loved God. It was like he was trying to make up for lost time. He was so involved in his church. He loved to play the guitar and sing and he wrote poems. He wrote songs. And when I would go home and visit, a lot of times Wayne would come over with his guitar and he would sit down in the living room with my mom and dad and play and sing. And oh, my mother's face would beam and my dad was so happy. God had done an incredible work in his heart. And when he was 54 years old, he passed away from cancer. But you know what? One day, I know I'm going to see my brother Wayne again. You see, for years, my mom and dad prayed for Wayne. They spent a lot of long nights worried about him, didn't know where he was. And my mother shed a lot of tears for her wayward son. I know because I was there. But you know what? All those tears and all those prayers, they weren't in vain. And today, parents, if you are worried about your child, if they've made some decisions that's led them off course, I want to encourage you, hold on to your faith. Keep praying, keep fighting, keep believing for your family, no matter what it looks like. Because the Bible says when we have done everything we can do, then we trust that God will do what only He can do. And He does all things well. He is perfect in all of His ways. If you would stand with me, friends would, would you join us and stand? I want to pray over you before we are dismissed today. 
And if your family is standing close, would you just take them by the hand? Get close to your family. Dear Jesus, we love you today. There's none like you. Lord, we are so grateful that you are our loving Father. And today, Lord, I just speak Jesus over this congregation and over Friendswood and over over the viewers that are watching online. I speak Jesus. Give us wisdom today, Lord, in raising our children. Help us to build our lives on you so that when the storms come, we will not be overwhelmed, but we can stand firm. Give us boldness to fight for our families like never before. God, help us to not give up and not give in to that discouragement and the lies that the enemy wants to whisper. Oh, they're never gonna make it. You might as well give up because they're not gonna. Oh, no, 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 no. I rebuke the lies of the enemy in Jesus' name. And I declare victory over our homes. I speak to our prodigals. Bring them home, Lord. Bring them home, Jesus. Comfort every weary soul here, every weary parent that is tired. Let there be an awakening among us. Give us peace that you are in control and that you love our children and our families more than we do. And that is a lot. We thank you. I pray blessings over each one today, especially our mothers. Strengthen them. Help them, especially our single mothers. I pray these things in the wonderful and powerful name of Jesus, the name above all names. And we'll give you glory and praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus.